All right, gonna put together a little recap for San Diego Comic-Con. I'm sure there wasn't that much news. Do it, Broly! Do you think Dumbledore will mourn for you? Fuck Oh, this is gonna be a long one. Welcome back to Geek Explain, the podcast for comics, film, TV, and more. You name it, we geek explain it. I'm your host, Eric Kazana, and this past weekend was San Diego Comic Con 2018. Now, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go, uh, but I kept up with all the news coming out of the Comic Con, and I figured I would make, I guess, like a, um, a comprehensive episode based solely on the news coming out of Comic Con. And as you can see from the opening intro, uh, there was a lot of news. A lot of stuff happened. So uh, I'm going to try to get through it as much and as quickly as I can. Uh, got it all separated out on my notes into different categories. So I'm tackling film news, I'm tackling TV news, I'm tackling comics news. I said it. Those are going to be the three categories, and I'm going to stick to those three. Uh, I might throw in a couple things here and there, because in going through the notes, because there are so much, I forgot to write some of it down, but um, let's just jump right into it. So we're going to start off with film, and the biggest thing coming out of Comic-Con in relations to film was uh, Warner Brothers and DC made an, an announcement. Uh, they said that the DCEU, which I guess I didn't realize was never really an official name, uh, the DCEU is no more. It has been abolished, it has been destroyed, and from the ashes rises this title called Worlds of DC. I think this is a great choice for them. Um, Worlds of DC, for me at least, evokes the idea of multiverse, evokes the idea of different uh, continuities, different timelines, standalone stories, so that uh, filmmakers who want to make superhero films using the DC characters aren't tied down to, uh, to the Snyderverse, essentially. Now, this allows uh, Aquaman and Wonder Woman to stay relatively in the same world. It allows if they, I guess, if the Flash movie ever finds a director, uh, it can stick with Ezra Miller, it can go off and be its own thing. The Green Lanterns film, which is uh, being headed by Jeff Johns, can totally be its own thing. The Joker film that we talked about last episode can and will be its own thing. So it just, it provides a lot of creative freedom, and I think that what DC and Warner Brothers need to do to set itself apart from Marvel and Disney is to be as different as possible, to create an alternative for people who might be sick of the interconnectivity, who might be wanting to see something that doesn't go so far with the Marvel formula. And I think from what we saw of the films that were shown off at Comic-Con that we might be heading in that direction. So to that, let's jump into some of the footage that was shown at Comic-Con. Now, the one that I think for me at least won the weekend was the Shazam trailer. Uh, Shazam deals with uh, orphan Billy Batson who comes across the wizard Shazam who tells him that if he says his name, Shazam, he will be turned into his champion. Now, in the original comics, uh, he was called Captain Marvel, but I can see where that might be a bit complicated, so they might just end up calling him Shazam. Either way, I know there are a lot of comics diehards who 
love Captain Marvel. I always called him Captain Marvel, but I can see how for a marketing standpoint, if they want to really push this to mainstream audiences, this is kind of how they have to do it. But anyway, the trailer I loved. I absolutely love the trailer. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Uh, the biggest thing that comes out of the trailer is the tone. It's, I think, DC's first outright comedy when it comes to the superhero genre that they've been establishing and i loved the comedy i thought it was very funny uh the visuals also looked great i know that they're still kind of in progress but i really think they have a solid start the moment where he does the flight test and he tries to push off from a little um uh a little uh, i can't think of it it's the it's the half pipe pushes off of the half pipe i thought was one of the coolest looking moments is very small but i thought it really made him look like he could fly and a big part of selling this film comes down to its lead zachary levi i was very cautiously optimistic when uh levi was announced as being uh the titular character but he absolutely won me over with this trailer he has this uh, wide-eyed kind of childlike which is what he's supposed to be this charm about him that really sells the character and along with that his sidekick Jack Dylan Grazer who's going to be playing uh, Freddie Freeman also did a wonderful job and the two of them uh, Zachary and Jack have such great chemistry together and I know that that's pretty much what they're gonna build the film on is that relationship and I think that's awesome so overall Shazam loved it really excited to see more uh, and I can't wait for the film uh, next up we have Aquaman Aquaman was a big point of contention because it comes out later this year and we hadn't gotten any kind of footage for it so uh, DC and James Wan really needed to come out of the gate swinging with this trailer and I think they did uh, Jason Momoa is Jason Momoa. He, <laughs> he uh, by the end of the Justice League film, as I've said before, he stopped kind of playing Aquaman and just kind of started being Jason Momoa with a trident. So, which is fine if that's the way that they're going to go with it. Um, if they want to make Aquaman kind of a radically different character from the comics and make everything kind of comics accurate around him so that they can drop him in and tell new stories, I'm all for that. That's great. Um, again, have to give it up for the visuals. Atlantis looks amazing. Uh, if they play their cards right, they can have something along the lines of how much of a hit Wakanda was for Black Panther earlier this year. I think if they really take the time to build this world as well as Ryan Coogler did for that film, they're going to be in good hands. And all that comes down to James Wan. Uh, James Wan, who is typically a horror director, uh, did really well, I thought, at least from the uh, trailer that we saw I think his directing style really lends itself to genre storytelling and I think he's having a lot of fun with this it has almost kind of a of an Indiana Jones feel uh, or like an uncharted feel where they're like it seems like they're going they're traveling a lot so it's gonna be on the road uh, they have different locales um, they really I'm trying to think of everything i watched all these trailers before while i was doing my notes and i think it just it looks it looks different it looks brighter it looks like an adventure movie which it absolutely should be um having jason momoa kind of be this this swashbuckling uh character i think really works for him and um oh oh my god black manta dude black manta looked awesome <laughs> he uh his i know his costume is very uh dorky looking but comics accurate looked great the effects are awesome can't wait to see the actor who has a really complicated name and i'm sorry that i don't know it off the top of my head but it looks awesome uh patrick wilson as orm also looks great sounds great pitch perfect casting and of course he works with james one a lot so i think he's going to do well here so overall aquaman really good really enjoyed it i want to see more i want to see more of amber heard's mara i want to see more of uh jason momoa's aquaman because they're kind of the hardest sells for me at this current time uh but yeah i'm excited for the film though shazam still beats it out for me uh also we had the first trailer for glass and guys this looks great um 
no one, I think, would say that M. Night Shyamalan is the first pick they would go to as a director for a superhero film, but he decided to say, F that, and we are going to make a superhero film. So he is crafting something that looks really unique, uh, looks dark, looks gritty. I mean, it is M. Night Shyamalan after all, and these are the uh, sequels to Unbreakable and Split. Um, by the way, side note, I, uh, I finally watched Split this past weekend, and it's amazing. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor. It's wonderful. Um, it looks great, man. Uh, I know at this day and age when, uh, when Samuel L. Jackson is basically in every superhero movie, um, seeing him play this kind of controlled, uh, genius, uh, he really, he looks great and he sounds great um i've really enjoyed his character in unbreakable that was i think my first exposure to him as an actor and really seeing him rein it back and be more of a subdued character really does it for me um bruce willis bruce willis oh bruce willis uh he's had many ups and downs in his career uh and i think for me um i put Unbreakable right up there with Die Hard as one of his best movies, if not his best movie. And I am really excited to see his character interact with all of the personalities that he's going to have to deal with when he goes up against the Beast or the Horde. And I I just, I think it looks great um, having the actress, and I Oh, I feel so bad. I can't remember her name. From uh, American Horror Story and uh, the O.J. Simpson miniseries. She always does great. And I think she's going to knock this one out of the park as well. I'm not sure exactly what her um, role is in the, in the film. I know what her role is narratively. But I don't know what her role is going to be when it comes to the actual execution of the story. But she's awesome. She's a great actress. And I'm excited to see where that goes. We also had a trailer for Godzilla, and this trailer really surprised me. Uh, it features Millie Bobby Brown, who uh, is 11 in the Stranger Things series. I still haven't seen season two. I need to see season two. But um, this surprised me, because when you hear Godzilla King of the Monsters, you think to yourself, okay, this is going to be Godzilla versus a bunch of monsters in a you know knockout drag knockdown drag out uh monster movie but this seems almost uh, okay this is gonna sound really weird but it almost seems like a pokemon film it i got that vibe from it where it's like you know the world is dying we need to go around and catch all of these monsters to save it somehow our neighbor's dog is a big fan of godzilla uh she really she loves she loved the first movie and she really wants to see it but um it was just it was just so strange to me why they picked that i'm sure it'll make sense when it comes to the actual execution of the story but uh as soon as i got to see a glimpse of mothra i was in <laughs> um i enjoyed the first movie i didn't think we get to see i didn't think that we get to saw got to see uh, nearly enough Godzilla in the first film, so hopefully this makes up for it. And I'm interested to see, because the visuals in the trailer were beautiful. They were great. Uh, they were awe-inspiring. Getting the glimpses and the silhouettes of all these monsters looked great. Uh, we also saw the silhouettes of a couple other monsters, like Rodan. And I really hope that this film isn't just all that, that it's both visuals and story rather than one or the other so i'm gonna flip my notes here oh that's loud i can hear that so uh next up on the docket we have fantastic beasts and the crimes of grindelwald i am really excited for this film uh we watched uh, my girlfriend and i watched the first fantastic beast film the other night for the first time since we saw it in the theater and it really holds up. I really enjoyed it. I, I think that the additions to the cast are really what's going to set this movie apart. Because a lot of people, 
myself included, after the first film, we're like, okay, well, we told all the stories that we need to tell, even though we know that they're trying to set up for another franchise. So Jude Law's Dumbledore is going to really be a rock star. I can already tell. Uh, he's already got the Dumbledore swagger, the wisdom behind all of his sentences. I think he's all of his line delivery, it looks great. He looks great. I'm excited to see a young Dumbledore. And opposite him, we have Johnny Depp's Grindelwald. We saw a little bit of him at the end of the first Fantastic Beasts film, and he was great. He was fine. Uh, but I'm looking forward to see what he does with this film, and hopefully it's not going to be just Wizard Jack Sparrow, which uh, they're absolutely has the uh has the ability to be but um eddie redmayne of course as newt's commander his wide-eyed just joy with this character really comes across again he you can tell that he really enjoys the character and it shows um we also got a little bit of ezra miller's credence which i i guess i was in the minority i thought he died so <laughs> Um, that kind of spoiled it for me, but I would have liked to, I would have liked to see that reveal in the film, but either way, um, he's going to be great. Ezra Miller is awesome and he was great in the role in the first film. And we also got a little, uh, got a little plug for Nicholas Flamel, who, for those of you who don't know, made, uh, the Sorcerer's Stone or the Philosopher's Stone for the, uh, for the UK crowd. But I'm really excited. I think this film is going to do really well and I'm looking forward to it. We also got some news from Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, we did an episode a few weeks back on Miles Morales, the lead for that. Go check that out if you haven't already. And we got some casting news. So uh, we now know that uh, Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Ham, and Penny Parker are going to be part of the film. These are all alternate versions of Spider-Man. And we got some interesting casting for them as well. So uh, Penny Parker, who in her universe controls a mech called Spider, is going to be voiced by Kimiko Glenn. I didn't really know who this was, so I had to ask my girlfriend. And she is an actress on Orange is the New Black. After listening to some of her clips from that show, she sounds great. She's going to do great. I, uh, I have all the faith in the world for this voice cast after the awesome first two trailers. Uh, and then we also have Nicolas Cage as Spider-Man Noir. Ah, I just... He's doing real well for himself right now when it comes to voiceover. Um, he, for those who don't know, uh, he is also voicing Superman, um, basically coming around for, I want to say, like a 20-year odyssey of almost playing the character in live action to voice Superman in the Teen Titans Go to the Movies film. Uh, he is now going to be playing Spider-Man Noir, who is very, um, as the title suggests, uh, very dark, very detective-driven, and I'm interested to see where he goes with that. And then we have my favorite news from that, the voice of Spider-Ham is going to be John Mulaney. He is one of my favorite comedians. If you haven't heard his stuff, check him out on YouTube. He, he's amazing. He also has some, uh, some comedy specials on Netflix, and you should do yourself a favor and check those out. So otherwise, not a whole lot of news from the film. We got some more footage that wasn't uh, given to the general public, but we did find out that the Peter Parker in this film, spoilers, is going to be a 40-year-old Peter Parker who is looking to give up the Spider-Man identity, and he's also going to be from a parallel Earth. He's not going to be Miles's Peter Parker. Uh, it was revealed that uh, the Peter Parker of Miles universe is dead, and this Peter comes over from a parallel universe and decides to train him. So I kind of knew that Peter was going to die. I assumed that the Peter that he runs into isn't the Peter that he encounters earlier in the trailer. So I'm interested to see that. Uh, we also got some news for uh, Birds of Prey. So this wasn't given a whole lot of um, news coverage because I guess it wasn't really part of the Comic-Con 
uh, news roundup, but I thought this was important since it is another DC film. And we found out that the Birds of Prey, which is being uh, produced by the Harley Quinn actress Margot Robbie, uh, we got our team. We're going to be having Harley Quinn, Black Canary, Huntress, and Renee Montoya as our Birds of Prey team. And the film centers around them trying to rescue a little girl by the name of Cassandra Kane. Um, those of you who know the character, this is really awesome. Uh, it's going to be directed by Kathy Yan. I couldn't really find a whole lot that she's done, but um, I think it's great that we're having a female director direct this female-driven film. I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to it. I really enjoy the Birds of Prey as a team, and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. I was a little disappointed that, uh, from all accounts, it seems like Barbara Gordon isn't going to be part of this, which sucks, because she is... I would say the main character of the Birds of Prey. I know they're a uh, they're an ensemble group, and all of them are equally important. But having Birds of Prey without Barbara Gordon is like having the Justice League without Superman. So I'm interested. I'm cautiously optimistic. We're gonna see what happens. Uh, but speaking of DC films, we also got an announcement that Batman Hush is going to be an animated film that they're gonna be working on and working to release next year. Uh, I'm really excited. I love Hush as a storyline. It's one of my favorite Batman stories. If you've never read a Batman story, you want to get into Batman, that's an excellent story to get started on. Uh, in other DC news, they just they released, I guess, the world premiere of Death of Superman, which I am going to be uh, checking out. And if you would like a review of that, please let me know. I would love to review the film. And then the final... Uh, the final movie news is another animated film, but isn't it is an anime film? Uh, to let people who are not in the know, I am a huge anime fan. Uh, I grew up on Dragon Ball, on a plethora of other anime and manga, and I am really excited about this news because the next Dragon Ball film, which is going to be a direct sequel to the most recent. Uh, Dragon Ball Super is going to be a Brawly film, or Broly. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. I know I keep saying that, but uh, I am. Uh, film looks great visually. Uh, the voice acting, of course, is great. You might have heard it at the beginning of this episode. Uh, I'm really excited for it. I think that now that Akira Toriyama, who is the original creator, is actually getting his hands on Broly as a character, because he didn't create Broly, um, he is going to do something different with the character, and I'm excited to see where he goes. But jumping over from film to TV, we got a lot of TV news. Like, I'm looking at my notes right now, and the TV news doubles... Yeah, doubles the amount of film news we got. So I'm going to work my way through this, because we've got a lot to cover. So... One of the big things, the one that everyone is kind of buzzing about right now, whether that's positive or negative, is Titans. We got the first trailer for Titans, which is the uh, first live-action adaptation of the Teen Titans team. Uh, this team features Robin, Starfire, Beast Boy, Raven, um, Hawk and Dove, and... Oh, I'm missing one. I know I'm missing one. Anyway, um, it looks okay. Um, it, to be honest with you, it looks really cheap. It looks really cheap, and it looks like something that would come out of the early 2000s, like a, like a Daredevil, uh, the Ben Affleck Daredevil film. Uh, the lighting is dark. It's dingy. The budget doesn't look very high. Um, it's not looking great. Um... It looks like a Netflix knockoff, which it, I guess, is what they were going for, but it shouldn't look that way. They should be able to stand on their own, and it looks just like they're going too far down, too gritty to try and make a film like this, or a television show like this. So uh, the big thing coming out of it was, and if you are not a fan of harsh language, please skip 10 seconds ahead, uh, Robin says, fuck Batman. 
and I have a lot of problems with that. Um, it's a funny thing. A lot of people are making jokes on it. That's great. That's fine. Make your jokes. But this is really not good. Uh, the performances look stilted. I don't like that they're trying to make Dick Grayson, who is the lightest, the light, the most lighthearted, and the happiest of all of the Robins, really dark and gritty. After watching it, I was like, so this is Jason Todd, right? No, it's Dick Grayson. It's clearly Dick Grayson, and I am not a fan of this right now. Um, I will withhold judgment until I see an actual episode, but it's not looking good right now. Something that does look good, though, is we got an announcement and a trailer for the final season of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh, I'm super jazzed about this. I loved the first Clone Wars series. The fact that it got canceled too soon without being able to tell the stories for its final season was an absolute travesty. And I'm glad that David Filoni and the entire team get got the green light to finish their story. It looks like they're going to be tackling the Siege of Mandalore, which looks awesome. I love... They really put a focus on Mandalore in their storytelling in the Clone Wars, and I'm excited that we get to see kind of a conclusion to that. And apparently this final season is going to, is going to run all the way up to the final events leading to Episode 3. So I'm super stoked about this final season. It's going to be great, and I am really excited about it. Another thing I'm excited about is we got an announcement that uh, Jeff Johns is working on a Stargirl live-action series, probably akin to the CW series. And I'm a big fan of Stargirl. I think that that character is made for TV. Uh, she could be just as... Um, just as successful as Supergirl has been for the last couple seasons, and it's going to be written and produced by Jeff Johns, who has his hands in a lot of different things right now. But he has a special connection with the Stargirl character, and this series is apparently going to be dealing with Stargirl trying to revive the idea of the JSA, the Justice Society of America. And if you know anything about me, you know I love that team. The Justice Society is my team, and I'm super excited to see that. We also got news from The Walking Dead that Andrew Lincoln, who plays Rick Grimes, he's the lead of that show, is officially leaving after or during this next coming season. Uh, he has been the rock of that show since the very first episode, and it's really sad to see him go, but he is hes going to be missed for sure. And this season is also apparently going to be tackling the Whisperers, uh, which, for those of you who don't know, are a band of marauders that cut off people's faces and wear them to kind of blend into walker herds. So... Lots of news. It's going to be a huge shakeup for The Walking Dead, but with um, Norman Reedus's character, he's going to, I think, going to transition into the lead, and I think he's going to do a great job with it. We also had news for Batwoman, which, as we spoke about a few episodes ago, is going to be appearing in the uh, Arrowverse crossover. She is apparently going to be spinning out of that into her own series. And it's big news. We still don't have a casting announcement for her yet, though I'm sure that'll come in the next month or two. But that's exciting. Uh, Supergirl also got a trailer for her next season. Uh, it's also going to be introducing the first TV's first transgender superhero, who's going to be playing uh, Nia Nall, Dreamer. Uh, she is a, I believe she's a Legion of Superheroes character. And that's really exciting. It also looks like we're going to be tackling two villains this season. Uh, first, Agent Liberty, played by Sam Witwer. I'm a huge fan of Sam Witwer's. Always have been. Looking forward to it. And then we are also getting Manchester Black. I love Manchester Black, man. Uh, if you haven't uh, seen or read the story Superman and the Elite, the comic story is titled Superman, Whatever Happened to uh, Truth, Justice, and the American Way. He's an amazing villain. He is an amazing villain. He's going to be played by David Ajala, and I'm really excited for it. We also got news. Uh, the Flash has officially cast their season villain for next season. Chris Klein is going to be playing the villain Cicada, and we are also going to be getting a lot more of Nora Allen. Uh, the actress has been promoted, promoted to series regular. And during the trailer for the next season, we got a glimpse of the Flash Ring. 
Uh, for those of you who don't know, Flash Ring is a longtime staple of the Barry Allen Flash. He keeps his suit inside of this compact ring. Ring opens, suit flies out, he runs into the suit, it's a whole thing. Uh, we got a glimpse of it from the reverse Flash in Season 1, and I'm excited that we're bringing in a comic staple to this series. Uh, Arrow also got another trailer for its next season. Uh, looks like the main villains are going to be the Longbow Hunters, including Diaz from uh, see, uh, from the previous season. We're also getting Kodiak, Red Dart, and Silencer, who is a relatively new character uh, created for the for DC's New Age of Heroes in the comics. Looks like Oliver is going to be dealing a lot in prison, and in there he's going to be dealing with a lot of returning villains, such as Bronze Tiger, uh, Brick, and Samson, played by uh, pro wrestler Cody Rhodes. I'm a huge pro wrestling fan as well. So that looks great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to kind of a change of pace for the show. Uh, Legends looks like it's going to be shifting into kind of a Monster Hunter style. Uh, they're going to be tracking down Beasts of the Week, and they're going to be assisted by Constantine, who looks to be the uh, newest addition to the team. And Maisie Richardson is has been recast. Uh, she w has been playing Vixen through these last few seasons, and I guess she's going to be recast as a character in Victorian London. So that looks interesting. Uh, we also got the first trailer for Young Justice Outsiders. I'm a huge fan of Young Justice. I love that show. I think that that show puts really any other animated teen superhero show to shame it really is great it looks like we're going to be dealing with what's coming off of the uh or what came out of the end of season two dark side is going to be heavily featured and it is going to be dealing with a lot of metahuman trafficking which in this day and age when we're dealing with regular human trafficking and all of the things that go along with that it's going to be topical it's going to be um it's going to basically tackle these stories that we can't really tell in other forms of media. Uh, it's looking that it's going to be released in 2019, which is a bummer that we have to wait that long, but I'm looking forward to it. We also got a an announcement date for Iron Fist Season 2. Uh, for those of you who watched the first Iron Fist, I know it was bad, but if you watched the most recent Luke Cage season, which also was not super great, the episode where Danny Rand shows up was... Great. It was my favorite episode of the season, and it looks like they finally got Danny Rand right. And hopefully that version of Danny Rand carries over to this new season. Uh, the villain has been revealed as Typhoid Mary, played by Alice Eve. Typhoid Mary is a very interesting choice for a villain, and I think it's uh, she's going to bring a different sense of storytelling to this, to this show. Uh, season 2 is going to drop on September 7th. So, turning the page here, I'm trying to turn it away from the mic so that my loud page turning doesn't attack your ears. We also got an announcement that Buffy the Vampire Slayer is getting a reboot. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, Joss Whedon is going to be overseeing the whole thing, writing, producing it. Uh, and from the scarce information that we got about it, it's going to be a reboot with an African-American lead. Cool. Uh, I'll have to withhold judgment until I see more of it, but that's interesting. We also got news for uh, American Horror Story. I still haven't watched the most recent season, but uh, I really enjoy the show. It's officially announced that this season is going to be called Apocalypse, so we're going to deal with um, some world-ending stuff, which makes sense since this the end of season one, Murder House dealt with the burst birth of the antichrist so we'll see where it goes from there uh this season is going to be a crossover season between season one and season three uh murder house and coven respectively and i'm interested i'm interested in seeing what happens there uh star trek discovery has been renewed for season two and it looks like it's going to be released in january until then it looks like there's going to be a series of shorts called short or uh star trek short treks I believe is the title, and it's going to be little mini-episodes leading up to the season premiere in January, and the next scene is, season is teasing some stuff with, uh, with Spock, so that sounds interesting to me. Uh, Krypton also put out some stuff for its season two, and it looks like it's going to be dealing with the creation or the, um, yeah, I guess the introduction in the series of Nightwing and Flamebird. No, not that Nightwing. 
Uh, Nightwing and Flaybird are traditional Krypton, Kryptonese go uh, gods. So that'll be interesting, and it looks like they're also going to be introducing Lobo as the main villain. Uh, for me, I thought Jason Momoa would have played the perfect Lobo, but since he is now Aquaman, we're going to see who they cast, and it's going to be interesting. Uh, Krypton, I, I have mixed feelings on, but Brainiac is probably the best that they could do live-action-wise in that show, so I will be tuning in to see what they do with Lobo. And, oh, we have a, we had a trailer for uh, Mega Man Fully Charged. I'm a huge Mega Man fan, have been since I was a little kid, and this looks weird. So, <laughs> uh, we're going to see, we're going to see, it. visuals look great, he looks different, they changed a lot about the series, or about um, the backstory for everyone, but I'll tune in, I'll see what happens. So... Next up, we have our comics news. And the comics news is the one that I was really looking forward to since I am a huge comics nerd. If you have not caught on to that by now, um, surprise. So the biggest thing coming out of San Diego Comic-Con was the news about the next DC crossover event, Heroes in Crisis. Uh, Heroes in Crisis is going to be, is kind of the brainchild of Tom King, and he is going to be writing the series with uh, Clay Mann and Mitch Jarrods on art. Huge fan of all three of those guys. They do amazing work, so I am definitely keyed into this. And Heroes in Crisis is going to deal with the introduction of this idea of Sanctuary. Sanctuary is essentially this therapy center for the DC universe, and it deals with this idea that being a superhero and being a supervillain ha has a lot of strain on your life, both physically as well as mentally and emotionally. And for heroes and sometimes villains, they need to go into a safe place to recover from all the horrors that they have to deal with. And Tom King has established that this place is Sanctuary. Uh, Sanctuary has been kind of laced through DC Rebirth throughout multiple comics lines, but this looks like uh, we're finally going to get to see what it actually is. So... Sanctuary is supposed to be a safe place where people can go and recover. Uh, for those of you who are avid comics readers who do the week-to-week, -week, um, The Flash, Wally West, recently in this week's issue of The Flash, Flash number 51, spoilers, uh, at the end of the issue, he went to Sanctuary to heal. So the inciting incident for this story, it looks like, uh, there's going to be a mass shooting. Um, it's kind of a heavy topic, but in today's day and age where we're getting mass shootings almost, it seems like, every other week, this is topical, it's of the times, and I think it's going to be an interesting story. Uh, apparently there's going to be a mass shooting that happens where it kills 12 heroes, and it's apparently going to be a murder mystery on finding out not just who did this, but why they did this. Uh, the It's going to be a big focus on mental health. That's what Tom King really pushed forward, that uh, mental health is a serious issue in everywhere in today's world. And I think that having a comic based around that, when comics has al always been a socio-political platform, is really awesome. And shining a light on something that isn't really tackled a whole lot in comics lore is a great, uh, is, is just a great topic. It's a great direction for this uh, series to be in. Uh, apparently, the according to Tom King, the five main characters are going to be Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Booster Gold, and Harley Quinn. Uh, I'm really interested in those last two specifically because it's one of, it's, the case of, you know, two of these things are not like the others, so I'm interested to see how this story affects and reshapes them, because Tom King said that, he promised that these five characters are not going to leave this story the same way that they go into it. And Dan Didio, who is not always everyone's favorite person when it comes to comics, made a really haphazard or tried to make a really haphazard joke during the panel for this, where he said, you can't have a crisis without a dead Flash. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, he better not kill Wally West, because Wally West is, uh, he's my Flash. So I 
really am again cautiously optimistic about this i'm excited for the story i'm gonna be picking it up it comes out i believe in september is the first issue it's either september or october but i'm gonna be looking forward to that we also got an announcement that uh green lantern is gonna be relaunching uh i guess the current green lanterns line is gonna is going to um end this fall and is going to be relaunched with the creative team of grant morrison and liam sharp I've, I can't think of a time when I've seen Green Lantern written by Grant Morrison, so I'm excited just to see what happens. I think it's going to be an interesting read. Uh, Gr Grant Morrison has promised that this is going to be a kind of back-to-basics approach for Hal. It's going to be a focus on his space cop life. We're going to get a lot of uh, police drama, just with an intergalactic flavor, and... He promises fresh, simple stories, which is kind of what Hal Jordan was based on when he first showed up. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I will definitely be picking it up, and I will let you all know what I think of it when it comes out. Uh, we also got a an announcement for The Batman Who Laughs, which is uh, kind of spiraling out of the uh, Dark Knight's Metal crossover event this past summer. It's going to be handled by Scott Snyder writing and Jock on art. Jock is an amazing artist. I love his art. He was the artist for one of my favorite Batman stories, uh, Batman Black Mirror. So I'm looking forward to the two of them reuniting for this series. And it's promising to be a horror miniseries, which The Batman Who Laughs is basically, what if Batman was the Joker? So you get all of the crazy horror aspects of the Joker with Batman's analytical mind and his preparation. So... That's going to be interesting. We also got news on a new Shazam series. Uh, it's going to be handled by Jeff Johns uh, on writing duties and Dale Eaglesham on art. Uh, of course, we're dovetailing this with the news of the Shazam film, and this is solely, I think, to get people ready for the film. But it's going to be focused on the Marvel family, or I guess it'll be the Shazam family. Uh, going forward, and I'm all for that. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. I'm always here for more Captain Marvel slash Shazam. Uh, we also got news that the Trunks are not just going to be a Superman thing. They're also coming back to Batman's repertoire. Uh, they revealed that in Batman number 53, there's going to be a costume change where Batman goes back to his Hush era costume with the big black bat, the dark and gray hues, and the bat trunks. So um, the way that they, that they kind of explained this was that uh, Bruce associates his current rebirth suit with Catwoman. It was the suit that he was wearing when he proposed to her and all through their engagement. So I guess he is doing what any person after a breakup would do and getting rid of everything that associate that he associates with his uh, his forlorn love. So I'm interested in it. I love the Hush suit, so I think it's going to be great. And Tom King has been absolutely killing it on Batman, so I have complete faith in them. I will say that I was not a fan of Batman number 50 just because I got invested and... Um, while in, uh, I went back to Tucson this past weekend, uh, kind of my hometown, and I spoke with Malcolm Russell at, uh, Heroes and Villains, shout out to Malcolm, I know he listens to this podcast, uh, and he told me exactly what the facts were, that it was my fault for getting invested, and it absolutely is, I got invested in the Batman-Catwoman wedding, and I was, um, really disappointed, but... Again, that's on me, and it is supposed to be the halfway point for a 100-issue story, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Detective Comics also got some news. Uh, Malcolm also gave me this news while I was in Tucson that uh, we're getting a new creative team starting on issue number 994 and going th all the way through issue 1000. Uh, Tomasi. Tomasi is going to be taking over... Uh, Detective Comics. Now, Tomasi and Gleason were... Um, uh, Peter J. Tomasi, by the way. Uh, Tomasi and Gleason were kind of the powerhouse duo for the Rebirth Superman series. Before Bendis kicked him out of it. But um, 
they're a rock star team and they did an amazing job in the initial batman and robin series pre uh rebirth during the new 52 and uh Tomasi is going to be joined by Doug Monkey. Doug Monkey is an awesome, awesome artist, and I am all in for this series. Uh, I kind of dropped off after uh, Tynan the Fourth left the series, and it was kind of taken over by Brian Hill. But I have been given a glowing recommendation to check out uh, Brian Hill's current run on Detective Comics, so I might go back and pick up the issues to catch up. But I will definitely be there for when uh, Tomasi and Monkey jump on in issue number 994. We also got an announcement that uh, Dr. Horrible is getting a comic. It is going to be a one-shot done by Joss Whedon. So uh, that's great. We also got news that Marvel is now putting out, going to be putting out a uh, collection of digital series that are going to be, um, I guess, all collected in uh, digital format and then will be released weekly later i think is the plan but uh we're getting series on jessica jones luke cage cloak and dagger iron fist and then daughters of the dragon daughters of the dragon is uh, misty knight and colleen wing so that's interesting i'm sure that they're going to be kind of if not directly tied in taking elements from the netflix series so we also got some big announcements for x-men and that is that uh, Claremont is returning to X-Men. Claremont, Chris Claremont is a big-time X-Men uh, aficionado. He was part of the big rise during the X-Men's rise to popularity. He was a huge contributor to that. And he is going to be doing a Magneto one-shot. They also announced that Uncanny X-Men is going to be returning. They, for some reason, didn't give us... An announcement on the uh, creative team behind it, but Uncanny X-Men is the most well-known X-Men title, so uh, I will be waiting to see what they announce as the creative team. Marvel Knights is also getting a relaunch. We uh, Marvel Knights, for those of you who don't know, was a project in, uh, I want to say 1998, to kind of take some of Marvel's lesser known and less uh, least selling books, revamp them and push them out to the market. It was basically what the Netflix series was for those characters, giving them a fresh start with fresh creative teams and pushing them out. This was also where uh, Kevin Smith wrote Daredevil. So um, Marvel Knights is going to be relaunched under Donnie Cates. Donnie Cates is a rock star at Marvel right now. He is probably only second under Jason Aaron for the amount of uh, stuff that he's doing there. Uh, so I'm really excited to hear about this. Apparently it's going to be uh, it begins in November, right around the 20 year anniversary for Marvel Knights. So it uh, looks like the Marvel Knights is going to focus around Daredevil, Blade, Punisher and Black Panther. So I believe those were the original characters from the original Marvel Knights, maybe not Blade, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing what creative teams are going to be attached to all these. Uh, Star Wars comic news also popped up. We're apparently getting a new comics trilogy. We're getting Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion, and Age of Resistance, which is exactly what you think it is. Uh, it's three series focused on three different timelines. Uh, one set in the uh, prequels timeline, one set in the original trilogy timeline and one set in the new trilogy timeline uh we're also getting a horror miniseries called tales from vader's cat from darth vader's castle where i guess these uh wandering people happen to wander into vader's castle on oh god i, I think it's on mustafar but i know i'm gonna be wrong and someone's gonna correct me but uh that sounds really interesting to me so it's it could be something really good Turning a page again, filling some time. All right, and we also got some Spider-Verse news. Uh, it looks like Spider-Gwen is getting relaunched under Spider-Gwen Ghost Spider. Uh, the team on that is going to be... Shannon, Shannon, Seenan, Shannon McGuire, and uh, Rosie Compey. Uh, Spider-Gwen's a great character. She has a cult following at this point, so any series about her I think is going to do well uh, we also got what I'm really excited about is uh, Superior Octopus 
It's going to be dealing with Doc Ock, who is now in the body of a clone of an exact clone of Peter Parker on the West Coast, and it's going to be handled by Christos Gage, who wrote a lot of Superior Spider-Man in the um, uh, the tie-ins, the Superior Spider-Man team-up books. And uh, Mike Hawthorne is going to be on art. Really excited for this. This is probably going to be my spider book. Uh, we also got a an announcement that uh, we're going to get one, two, three new miniseries coming out of uh, Spider-Geddon, which is going to be the big Spider-Man crossover uh, later this year. And the first one is Spider-Girls by Jody Hauser and Andres Genolet. And it's going to focus on the three Spider-Girls, Mayday Parker, uh, Anya Corazon, and Annie May from the Renew Your Vows series that's going on right now. Uh, we also got Spider-Force by uh, Christopher Priest and Paolo Sequeira. Uh, it's going to be uh, Kane, Spider-Woman, Jessica Drew, and uh, the Spider Girl from the Old Man Logan uh, timeline, as well as two new Spider People. We haven't gotten any information on them, but from the art, one of them looks like a Nightwing Spider Man, which looks great. I'm all there for anything Nightwing related. Uh, we're also getting Vault of Spiders, which I guess is going to be an anthology on a bunch of different Spider Man characters. Uh, the two that have been named out of this large group. Um, are the Cowboy Spider-Man and the Supaida-Man from, to from Toei's live-action show and I believe, the 60s or 70s. It looks great. Uh, I'm all for anthology series, and we'll have to see where this goes. We also got a bunch of news on the Three Jokers story. For those of you who don't know, during... Um, the New 52 Justice League series, there was a uh, there was a storyline called Darkseid War, where at a certain point Batman sits on the chair of Mobius, and the chair of Mobius contains the knowledge of all the universe, and he asks it the real identity of the Joker, and the response he gets back is that there's three, and that has not been followed up on by anyone uh, since then. And we got an announcement that Jeff Johns is officially going to be starting to work on that series. Uh, it's going to be Jeff Johns and Jason Fabok. They're a great team together. I think they're going to do well. They released the uh, cover of the, I guess it's like a teaser image, which we'll get into a little bit later. But uh, we've been told that it's a grounded emotional story focusing on Bruce, Barbara, and Jason Todd. Three people who the Joker has impacted the most in comics. Uh, apparently, it's going to change the relationship between Batman and the Joker. I'm not sure what that means. And I guess it's going to be officially a three issue miniseries. Uh, there's no set release date yet, but we know that they are working on it and they're saying that it's going to be a really great story. Uh, the cover that they showed showcased three different Jokers. Um, across from a an interrogation table where Batman is holding the original Joker card from his original appearance. And according to the artist, Jason Fabok, the three character or the three versions of the Joker that we are seeing are the Death of the Family Joker from the 60s, the Killing Joke version of the Joker, and the original appearance of the Joker all the way back in uh, Batman number one. So I think that's really interesting because it was established earlier during Rebirth that the three Jokers were kind of the Golden Age Joker, the Killing Joke Joker, and the current New 52 Joker. So I'm interested to see where that goes. Um, again, we don't have a whole lot of information on it, but we do know it's going to be part of DC's Black Label. And for the final part of the comics news, we are going to be tackling exactly what the Black Label is. So DC's Black Label is apparently going to be their, um, their new publishing imprint that's going to be dealing with standalone stories. These stories are going to be a little bit darker. Uh, they're going to be totally out of continuity, so each story is going to be able to be placed in its own continuity. Uh, it's going to be similar to the Elseworlds series where they were all each of their standalone stories dealing with uh, different timelines and different worlds. So they did announce a few series, the starting series, one of them being Three Jokers, but uh, I have the full list here of the other series that were announced. 
the one I'm most excited for is uh, Superman Year One that's going to be out in November. Uh, it is being put together by Frank Miller and John Romita Jr. I love that team. I love that team. Uh, Frank Miller famously did the Batman Year One, so apparently he's going to be jumping on and do, putting his stamp on Year One stories by doing uh, Superman Year One. I love John Romita Jr.'s art. The last time I can remember he was drawing Superman was when he was drawing the actual Superman title. And I loved his art when he was doing that Superman title, so I'm all in for this. And it is, of course, going to be an origin story dealing with uh, Clark Kent's childhood all the way up to him deciding to become Superman. We also got an announcement for Batman Damned, which is going to be, I guess, kicking off the Black Label imprint. It's going to be released, the first issue is going to be released on September 19th. Um, all of these, from what I've been told, are going to be miniseries, so not that long. Uh, I believe they're going to be three to five issues each. So Batman Damned is going to be by uh, Brian Azzarello and Lee Bermejo. They've done a lot of stuff together. Uh, the most, I guess, relevant being their story Joker, which dealed with a very realistic take on the Joker that really looked, and at least to me, to be the basis for Heath Ledger's Joker. So if you enjoy that version of the Joker and you want to check out a comic story, check out Joker by uh, by those two. So apparently this is going to deal with Batman and Constantine hunting down a serial killer. And this serial killer seems to be a supernatural, supernaturally based, and his first murder in the story is the Joker. So we're going to be dealing with the death of the Joker, who this serial killer is, and then apparently it's going to get really dark. Which, I mean, you put Batman and Constantine in a story, there's really only one way that that can go. So we also got an announcement for Wonder Woman Historia, the Amazons, by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Phil Jimenez. It's slated as a Homeric epic, dealing with the history of the Amazons as well as Queen Hippolyta. I enjoy Homer-style stories, so we're talking like the Odyssey, um, stuff like that. So look forward to this if you're a fan of that kind of storytelling. Uh, we also got another Wonder Woman title called Wonder Woman Diana's Daughter. It's a working title. We don't know a full creative team yet, but we know that Greg Rucka, who did an amazing job with Wonder Woman, uh, is going to be heading it. And it seems like it's going to be a coming-of-age tale where um, what I'm assuming is going to be this girl in this kind of... Um, not... Uh, it's kind of like this post-apocalyptic... Um, story where this girl i'm assuming is going to find out that she's the daughter of wonder woman and then goes on an adventure uh i enjoy coming of age tales but we'll see where this goes uh we also got an announcement for the other history of the dc universe which is going to be out in december that's going to be by john ridley and it seems like it's going to be a literary story and it's going to be focused solely on the socio-political impacts of major events in the comics uh it's said that main characters include um john stewart barbara gordon all these characters who don't get a lot of i guess uh notoriety or notability uh we and finally for the list is batman last night this is being touted as scott snyder and greg capullo's last batman story it's the final batman story they're going to work on so this is like a big deal <laughs> Um, this is huge. Uh, apparently, the setting for the story is that Batman wakes up in a desert next to the uh, living head in a jar of Joker, and he's going to be traveling across the desert in this like Mad Max-style story. I'm all for it. I love Mad Max. I love Batman. I love Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo on Batman. So I'm all in. So that is all of the uh, SDCC 2018 news. Um... I believe that's all of it. It's all the major ones. If I missed anything, please let me know. This was a long one. This is, what am I looking at? I'm looking at almost an hour's full of hours worth of news. So this was really exhausting to put together, like notes-wise. But um, I'm glad that you came here and trusted me to give you all the news, give you all the comprehensive news. I'm excited for a lot of things. The Shazam movie looks great. I'm excited for uh, Clone Wars and Young Justice Outsiders. I'm really looking forward to Heroes in Crisis and all the Black Label stuff. So um, let me know what you thought. Let me know what your favorite news out of uh, 
San Diego Comic-Con was. Let me know what your favorite trailer was, what your favorite announcement was, and let me know if you are planning on attending San Diego Comic-Con next year, or if you did attend this year, what was your favorite part of the convention? So I am going to sign off for here. Uh, next week, we are getting the next installment of our Kingdom Hearts series. Uh, we're going to be tackling Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, the title dealing with uh, Castle Oblivion and the card-based battle system, which is the favorite of very few. So uh, get all my thoughts on that. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. We are all all over the place now. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on TuneIn, we're on Google Play. Of course, we're on our base here at uh, SoundCloud as well. So please, please, please um, follow us. Give us a subscribe to this podcast. I We are constantly growing and I love doing this. If you would like to reach out to me, if you'd like to get in touch with me for any reason, uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter at GeeksplainedPod. That's X at GeeksplainedPod. You can also send me emails because I'm an old man and I still read emails. So you can send any emails to geeksplained at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to send ideas for future episodes. Feel free to send um, reviews. Uh, feel free to review us on iTunes. Uh, reviewing us on iTunes, giving us uh, five star reviews would be awesome. And if I get any five star reviews, I might just read them on air. And I would love to just interact with you guys. I love talking to you guys about all things geek culture, and I hope to talk to all of you soon. So for Geek Splame, this is Eric Azana. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.